Hello, everyone. Inside today's Locked On Canadians, Habs and Carolina Hurricanes had a heck of a game on Tuesday night. Overtime shootout, lots of goals, lots of exciting moments. We're going to get into that more inside today's show. You are Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 800 of Locked On Canadians. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. I am your host for this evening's proceedings. I am, of course, Scott Matla. Follow me on Twitter at Scott Matla. And while you're at it, follow the podcast at LO underscore Canadians. Subscribe wherever you get your daily podcasts. Subscribe on YouTube. Ring the bell to get notified every time we post a brand new video. And as always, thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day. And of course, we are part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Let's get right into things. Carolina Hurricanes, Montreal Canadiens, Tuesday night at the Bell Center. Eight of the last eight of the last nine Canadians games have been on the road before tonight, and they came home. And they put on a show for the fans. We will get into the tank status of this coming up later on in the episode and how where the impacts and the results of this game end up affecting that overall. But for this game, Canadians fall 4-3 in the shootout to the Carolina Hurricanes in a game that, quite frankly, is very surprising that it got to overtime because or to a shootout because the Hurricanes probably should have beaten the Canadians pretty badly here. They did not. Canadians started strong, and then you could see the fading coming away there, as it should be. The Canadians are not a deep team to kind of match up against the Carolina Hurricanes here. Some of their guys got beat up. Some of their guys did not. But a couple of standouts in this game here before we get into the shootout and everything else. Gotta give a lot of props to the fourth line of Chris Tierney, Alex Belzeal, and Michael Pizzetta. Multi-point nights for all of them. Pizzetta with a goal, Belzeal with a goal, Tierney with a pair of assists on that. Pizzetta and Belzeal also traded assists on goals as well. They had the hurricane shook a little bit here as a, as a fourth line. They produced a lot there. Yeah, their numbers weren't super flashy because the Canadians... For the back half of the second period and most of the third period, kind of just played in the shell a little bit to try and get through that. Carolina obviously ties it late. Jake Allen made 37-something saves in this game, which is, if anyone's going to throw the tank off, it's apparently going to be Jake Allen or uh, Jonathan Samuel Montembeau in this game. A lot of really good moments in this. Jonathan Duran had a sick assist in this. And I got to say, the other person that really impressed me a lot, because I feel like he played all night, was one Mike Matheson. I believe he's going to lead the team. Oh, he did not lead the team at five-on-five ice time. That belongs to Jordan Harris, closely followed by David Savard. In all situations, Mike Matheson played almost 28 minutes tonight. Three more than the next closest person, which was Nick Suzuki, who played 24 and a half. 
and Mike Matheson played basically the entire overtime. This was a ridiculously fun game across the board. We had hits. We had intensity. There was feeling in this. They're not really rivals. The fan bases don't like each other going back to the Sebastian Ajo offer sheet, the whole Jesperi Kotkaniemi thing. And while we're on Jesperi Kotkaniemi, you'll never guess who won the game in the shootout. I predicted it on the Lockdown Canadians Twitter that he was going to be the deciding factor in this game. Didn't really notice him much during the game itself. Thought he was going to score in overtime at some point if he got out there. That would have been, you know, just poetic. And of course, he ended in the shootout after Rafael Harvey Pinard rings one off the post. And in that shootout, Rem Pitlick scores, just blows one right by Frederick Anderson. And then Nick Suzuki, just disgusting, gets in close. He didn't do his under the glove on Frederick Anderson. I don't know if he wasn't trusting it or what, but he scored an absolutely filthy, just in tight dangles backhand, just tucks it underneath Frederick Anderson, trying to lunge back with the stick here. Very, very fun game. If you're looking for games like this in the Vegas game, games that are entertaining and they lose, they are just serving it up on a platter for you. Old country buffet style there. Go and get as much of these entertaining losses as you can because I don't know how many of them are going to be in there because teams like Boston are on the schedule. They play the Devils again in there. There's a lot of good teams still on their schedule right now but I will take a game like this every single time. If you're going to lose, spoiler, keep your same tank position, sixth in the NHL, sixth worth in the NHL here. You might as well look good doing it for parts of the game here. Yeah, they lost, and yeah, it was the guy they let go to an offer sheet. That whole saga is past this team now, so if you're still taunting Habsons, ah, cock game, he scored. Personally, you shouldn't have been in a shootout with this team in the first place. You got posterized by their AHL fourth line. That's not a good look for you that you had to turn on the pressure so intensely that you just got to a shootout. And I'm not saying that if the Canadian team was healthy, they would have won this game. Probably would have been completely different. The Kotkaniemi thing was done and over with. It's been a year. I don't, I personally don't care anymore. The previous regime made the choices that led to Kotkaniemi going to Carolina. This is not that regime. It's time to just kind of let that go. Boo them all you want. You paid money for that ticket. You can sing the Finnish national anthem every time he touches the puck. I don't really care. It's your money. Do what you want. I, I'm past it. We all knew he was going to score at some point in this game. We knew he was going to do something to make an impact in this game because that's how this goes. P.K. Subban always did that. Max Pacioretty, I don't think scored against the Canadians, or at least wasn't a big impact in that regard. It was always going to happen. I'm just glad they were able to get an entertaining game out of this before they had the embarrassing stumble right to the end there. And like I said, if you're going to lose games, losing 4-3 where your goaltender looks great. Jonathan Drouin looked great. Mike Hoffman gets another goal. Fourth line looked good there. Young guys look good. Harvey Pinard, Jesse Alonen looked good again. Nick Suzuki looked good. Mike Matheson is giving Nick Suzuki a run for his money as the most important person on this team. Nick Suzuki is great. You know that we love Nick Suzuki on this podcast. Mike Matheson's ability to command the game from the blue line is a difference maker. And he is someone that I want some of these prospects coming up to model their game after. 
I want to see Matthias Norlander look at Mike Matson and go, he can rush the puck up. I want to play like that. Logan Mayu, get the positioning that and knowledge that Matheson has. He's not always perfect, but he knows how to play within his game. He's not always the best defensive defenseman, but at the same time, he knows where to be and then he knows when to jump up in the play. All those things kind of matter in this. Jordan Harris, I think, is going to learn a lot from Mike Matheson here. And if he can become even a half of the player that Matheson is, the Canadians are laughing at that point. It's a really, really impressive game all the way around here. They lost, which is good because, you know, Tank Nation rolls on forever and always. And speaking of Tank Nation, coming up in our next segment, I'm going to take a look at where they are in the Tankathon standings, what that means for their draft picks, and I'm going to pull back the curtain on what I am planning for the next episode here, and that's all coming up next. But, of course, today's show is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook. The midway point of the NBA season has come and has passed. The playoffs are not that far off. It is the perfect time to download the FanDuel app, America's number one sportsbook. And if you are a new customer, you can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000, and that's bonus bets back if your bet does not win all you got to do is just download the sportsbook app, the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. You can bet on everything from the money line to point scores to threes drained. And if you really want to get your money's worth, combine all those bets into a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss your chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. And remember, make every moment more with FanDuel, the official spending partner of the NBA and us here at Locked On. And remember, please gamble responsibly and within your means. Moving on here. We are episode 800, and you know what we're going to talk about for the second year in a row? Why the Canadians losing is a good thing. As of tonight, they are tied with the Vancouver Canucks. 63 games played apiece. 26, 33, and 5 records. Identical records. They both have 57 points. The Canadians have one more game played. So Vancouver is seventh, high lowest odds or highest odds. Montreal is in sixth. Right now, as it says, the Canadians have a seven and a half percent chance at winning first overall. Arizona is currently five points ahead of them. Anaheim seven. Uh San Jose also seven. San Jose currently being mauled to death by the Colorado Avalanche. Sorry, JD. Sorry, Kyle. Love you guys. But the Avalanche are quite literally burying you right now. And it's teeny bit painful to watch. Florida sitting 12th right now does not give Montreal a boost in the lottery. They have to fall into 11th. They are two points ahead of the Washington Capitals, five ahead of the Detroit Red Wings. So I could use one of y'all to start winning some games here and for Florida to remember that Paul Maurice and Sylvain Lefebvre are on their roster as coaches anyways and lose more games so I can have that bit of joy. It's still going to likely be a top 15 pick, which is super great. Don't get me wrong. Love that for the Canadians. Would love two cracks inside the top 10. Truly would love two cracks inside the top 10. And I would love it even more if one of those was first overall. So out of tonight's game, had Montreal lost in regulation, which they almost might have, they'd still be in sixth. Like I said, they are still five points ahead of Arizona and seven ahead of San Jose and Anaheim. 
unless Columbus somehow works miracles, I don't think the Canadians are going to finish in the bottom three right now. San Jose has 12 overtime losses, which is actually simply stunning. Somehow Calgary has 13. Don't know how that happens. The Canadians don't even get to overtime, which is a good thing. Less loser points. Obviously, San Jose wins a lot less in regulation than the Canadians. There are seven different seven win difference between that. And if I am on Tankathon right now, and you can go to tankathon.com slash NHL or mock draft, I am looking at the NHL mock draft here. Sixth overall, Zach Benson. Love that for us. And at 12th overall with the pick from the Florida Panthers, it is Brayden Yeager. Uh, and I admittedly haven't done much research outside the first round here, but at 38th overall right now, Tankathon still has the Canadians picking Michael Hrabel, a goaltender who will be going to the University of Massachusetts. He's out of the Czech Republic. I purposely would not draft a goaltender in the second round. But if that is right now what that would be for the Canadians, they would get two centers. Well, Benson plays all the forward positions, apparently, according to this, and Jaeger is the center. Two guys out of the WHL. I do not think that will happen. I personally think the Canadians, if he's there, are going to pick Will Smith out of the U.S. national program. I'm aiming in the top five for a chance at Mitchkov, to be quite honest with you. We talked about it in the last episode, and I fully think they're taking Dalibor Dvorsky at some point in the first round here. If he lasts to the Florida pick, I cannot help but think he will be the pick the Canadians make there, which isn't terrible, and we're going to have prospect people on. And a lot of people are freaking out about this because he doesn't have the flash and sizzle upside that other players might, which is fine. There's something about safety in a pick with that. And Benson and Jaeger both are phenomenal picks. Do not get me wrong. If they would end up with Benson and Jaeger, which sounds like law and order partners, I would be super happy with that. Obviously everyone wants Connor Bedard. If they can't get that, Swing for the best player. We talked about this in the mailbag here. And to pull back the curtain here a little bit, I'm in tomorrow's episode when I record that Wednesday, whenever that is during the day or whenever that time is. It might be after the Rocket game. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to run a two to three round mock draft here and go through my selection processes of who I am looking at and who I was able to pick in a mock draft generator. I will do my best to get the images of what I've done there. And then you can, you know, give me your feedback. Who would you pick? Who are you looking for at 6th and 12th overall right now? Because there's all kinds of options. Um, Corey Pronman released his rankings today. Andrew Cristal went 8th overall in this draft. He was 33rd in Pronman's rankings. Everyone has different inputs to these things, and things can change in a hurry. And I believe the Canadians may be able to drop more securely into sixth place. I believe Vancouver plays tomorrow. I have not fully checked the schedule because the Canadians are not playing. And that generally means I do not pay too much attention on my off nights, but Vancouver and Anaheim play tomorrow. You should be rooting for Vancouver to just blow the ducks out in regulation. If you want to secure your spot, Chicago plays Detroit and Minnesota plays Winnipeg. That's it. And then we move into March 9th. We play the Canadians. We play the Rangers. You want Washington to win so they uh, against the Devils so they can move up. Philadelphia plays Carolina. Uh, St. Louis plays San Jose. 
Nashville plays Arizona. That is a big one. You got to be cheering for Arizona in regulation again. And then Ottawa plays Seattle, which you should just be cheering against the Senators anyway, because it's funny. That wraps up this edition of what's going on with the Montreal Canadiens tank. That is a working title, mind you. I will have the tank score article out at Eyes on the Prize in the morning for you all, so you can read a little bit more detailed thoughts on the Canadians game there. But coming up in our next segment, postseason hockey is right around the corner for Habs prospects across the board. I'm going to go over a couple of names here, when we can expect them. What should we expect in this upcoming period of NCAA free agents in the tournament? All that and more coming up in one moment. But first, today's show is also brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. And if you follow Lockdown Canadians' 800 episodes so far, you know how much we love Built Bar. It is the delicious treat that is a protein bar covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. Not fake chocolate, 100% real, melty, good chocolate. And they're healthy, tasty, everything you need. 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 17 grams of protein per bar. And guess what? They don't just come in standard flavors. You can get cookies and cream, double chocolate, coconut puff. They have so many flavors that if you go to built.com, you can pick and build your own variety pack to find what you want there. You've got churro, peanut butter, brownie, coconut almond, so many things that you're looking for. And if you don't want to ship online and you want to go into stores, you can go to your local Sam's Club or Walmart and pick up a box today. Four packs at Walmart, 13 packs at Sam's Club. Everything you could possibly be looking for at Built Bar. And if you go, like I said, go to built.com, check out all the flavors. There is something there for everybody. Trust me, first thing in the morning on the way to work, they're great. Midday, you need a power up, you need something after a workout, after a hike, after you walk the dog, whatever. Built Bar is there for you. So check out built.com or your local stores and let us know what you think. We are back here at Locked On Canadians and. The NCAA postseason is nearly upon us. The CHL postseason is nearly upon us. There's about a month left in the CHL before the playoffs begin, and we will get to that in a little bit here. But the NCAA season is at a close for some teams here. The conference tournaments have begun where winner gets an automatic bid into the Frozen Four. And if you're one of the better teams, you don't have to win the conference tournament because you're likely to get in. But competitive nature and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You don't know when your season will be over. I remember a few years ago, we were waiting on Jordan Harris and Northeastern to see what would happen because they lost in the Hockey East tournament. We waited and waited, and then Jordan Harris obviously signed. I've highlighted three names right now, and I'm going to talk about a few others that might be in there. But these are the big three that I think we can expect most likely will play NHL games or will be signed to contracts when their seasons are done and over with. And we're going to start in the CHL. The end of the month, March 26th, I believe, is the last game the Kitchener Rangers will play this year. The playoff brackets have not fully been seeded yet in the OHL. There are still games to play. Kitchener is among the worst teams in the OHL this year. That means Philip Mashar could... If they continue to lose and drop way out, because I think it's only like the last place team in the conference in a division doesn't make the playoffs. I think Mashar, who already has an entry level contract, could very likely find himself in Montreal or as a member of the Laval Rocket. I think that is all but a lock. 
at this point. And you'll notice I didn't mention Logan Mayu or Riley Kidney or Owen Beck, uh, Joshua. I expect them to have deeper playoff runs. The London Knights and Peterborough Peets are always very... The Peets loaded up for the OHL playoffs. The London Knights are always competitive. They're going to be in it for a little while longer and will likely report to the Rocket because the Canadians' last game is April 15th. There is a time, there is a possibility if they get upset that they could join in here. I don't expect all of them to go right to the NHL, though. I expect the Rocket to get a good chunk of reinforcements here. Uh, if they're not signed to an entry-level deal, so Kidney, Wa, Mayu, Mishar, and Beck are all signed entry-level deals. They can go NHL or AHL. That's squared away. Guys like Vincennes Roars, who I don't believe is signed to an entry-level deal yet. I, I might be wrong on that. And uh, Cedric Indone are in need of... They would sign, I believe, an ATO with the Laval Rocket uh, if they were when their seasons are done and over with. As of right now, he is not... Uh, Vincennes Roars is not signed. I know Cedric Indone is also not signed. Jared Davidson out West, but I think Seattle is going to make a long push into the playoffs there. Then we may see them move in there. I don't, I don't profess to be an OHL expert, so I can't tell you what the playoffs are going to look like and who's going to do what. Not my area of expertise. And I'm not going to lie to you folks there, but unless they have an entry level deal, they will not be in the NHL this year, but there's very likely chance. You're going to see a lot of these guys suit up for the rocket. Once their seasons are done and over with, which you know what? It's fine. I think we will see if, God forbid, Owen Beck's season ends early, he will go to the NHL. I, I Guys like that, I think, will do that. I think players like Mayu, who could benefit, who are going to likely play some AHL ga- games next year, are going to go there because God knows the Rocket could use some reinforcements across the board. And it allows them to send some guys to the Lions and the ECHL as well. Kind of a win-win across the board. The next name, and one that I think it's almost all but confirmed as soon as the season is over, as he is signing an entry-level deal, is Sean Farrell. And I think Sean Farrell will go the Jordan Harris route and will burn a year of his entry-level contract and will play for the Montreal Canadiens before the season is over. I do not think he will report to the Rocket. I think he will play a handful of games for the Canadiens as a end-of-the-year kind of bonus thing. Uh, which, cool. We love that. And it's almost all but confirmed that that is going to happen. Uh, their tournament starts 312 in the ECAC. Harvard is playing Princeton in the first round. Harvard is a good team, but they sometimes kind of stumble over their own two feet. So the earliest that we could see him signed would be probably March 13th at the absolute earliest, assuming he's not signing it the night of their limit. If they lose to Princeton, and I have to double check. I don't believe it is a double. I don't believe it's a best two out of three in that. I think it is single elimination uh, after the first round. In Hockey East, there's one name. It's not Lane Hudson. I will be shocked if Lane Hudson signs an ELC, but I said the same thing about Caden Primo years ago, so what do I know? And I don't think it's going to be Luke Tuck either. I think Luke Tuck will also be back at Boston University next year. I think that that's probably the best for him. But the name is Jaden Struble uh, from Northeastern. He is a senior this year. He's graduating. He's a curious case. We've talked about him a lot on this podcast. We've talked with Sebastian High, and we've talked with Tony Farrar, and we've talked with other people about Jaden Struble as a whole. He has all the athletic talent, and the points aren't there. And it's a very weird thing because everyone who watches him play goes, why aren't the points there? 
I think he's a perfect candidate for the rocket next year to be a guy to grow and learn there. He has NHL physical attributes, like an A plus athletic specimen of a player. He just destroyed his combine year in all the physical testing, super athletic, super aggressive, would love to see what he does at the professional level where there's a little bit less, I don't want to say less structure. Like it, it, you know, it's just free flowing hockey, like junior hockey is, but it lends itself to being a little bit more creative and that might fit his skill set more. And I'm curious about that. Um, Emil Heineman has entry level deal. I assuming he is coming over and Patrick Bexell wrote a very good article at Habs eyes on the prize about maybe giving them time to rest. He may or may not be here this season. I wouldn't mind seeing him with the rocket. I thought he had a very strong preseason, but I also understand if they want to give him time to relax Adam Engstrom cannot currently play for them. He is still in the playoffs. Anyways, he doesn't have an entry level deal. He will not be in North America next year or in the AHL next year. His contract is not, does not fit that Patrick. Please correct me if I am wrong. Uh, We might see Oliver Kapanen. I'm not a hundred percent sure on that just because the Canadians might let him cook for another year. I don't want to say stew like it's a bad thing, but let him cook uh, for another year over in Finland, which is not, the worst thing in the world for him. I do think we're going to have a couple of big names here. As soon as, you know, the guys on entry level deals are eliminated in their playoffs, relatively speaking here, I think you're going to see back in the NHL. I think you will see Mashar in the NHL. And I think they're going to stick Mashar right next to Nick Suzuki and Raphael Harvey Pinard, and they're going to let him go. To which I say, that's what the rest of the season should be about. Um, in terms of prospects, Jack Gorniak's rights expired. I wouldn't be shocked if they go because they let Brett Stapley's reti- um, retire expire, sign them to a deal anyways in the AHL. And there's always NCAA free agents where Lucas Condotta came from last year, and he's currently playing an entry-level deal. This year, he has 16 goals for the Rocket, which is very surprising. Always expect the unexpected, and I think Kent Hughes will be busy. He's going to try and bolster the Rocket roster with bodies because they need it. Everyone's thin at forward in this organization, and if he has one area scouted, it's the ECAC and it's Hockey East because he's watched all of his prospects mostly play in that area this year. So there will be likely a surprise in here somewhere. Canadians are always full of them, but I think very soon you can start to expect more prospects piling in. So if you haven't had a chance to go watch the Rocket yet, go do it. Plus Bell rocks quite literally. Super affordable tickets, always a good time. You can go check them out there. As for us, I'm going to be signing off on what has been our 800th episode. Just going to take a moment here at the end of the show. Thank you so, so much for all of your support. Laura, who obviously could not be here uh, for this milestone episode, sends her thanks as well. We would not be 800 episodes deep in this whole podcasting video world without all of your support. And that means the world. We don't always have to agree on everything, but to everyone who tunes in to sends mailbag questions, interacts on Twitter, watches me make the same dumb joke every single game, we cannot thank you enough. Your support means everything. We are so close to closing in on a 1,000 episodes. We will probably be close to that as next season rolls in a little bit or this summer at some point. And when we get to a thousand episodes, we are trying, trying, trying all avenues, calling in every favor, bribing every official, not really if you're an NSA agent listening to this, 
to try and get the biggest possible name guest we could think of on this show. And we are working so hard to try and make that a reality for all of you and for us to celebrate. But as for now, that's 800 episodes. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Canadians. Please tell all your friends about us. Subscribe wherever you get your daily podcast. Subscribe on YouTube. Ring the bell to get notified every time we post a new episode. Folks, we will see you all next time.